Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. I am too. You know, I got to meet you at the 10X Women with Elena uh, when I spoke and I was really just like every person from, you know, Cardone Enterprises was just, I was like, I need this energy and I need to figure out how to get it (laughs) and this mindset. So I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. I know that we're big about 10X around here and I think that that's something that you know, when I first heard about it was something that really changed my life. And being around this team and this group of people uh, is something that I'm constantly inspired by every single day. And it's really important. So tell me how you got started. What were you doing before? And what got you, you know, what got you set on this path? Yeah. So I was actually a fan of Grant and Elena. And I wasn't initially a fan. Uh, I saw one of Grant's videos and he was on a plane and shooting his money gun and talking about sales. And I had zero interest in his content. But I then found Elena's uh, content through probably the the for you page or whatever Instagram called it back then. And I was at a time in my life where I was 25 years old. My husband had sold his business. He wasn't my husband at the time, but um, my fiance had sold his business the year before and had an incredible exit and really achieved everything that he wanted in like from a, from a career and from a goal standpoint. And the craziest thing happened, the sale of the business took place and the money hit the bank account. And a month later, we were as unhappy as we had ever been because we lost that thing that was pushing us. And we didn't have people around us that were telling us that we should go back and start a new business. In fact, it was the opposite. We were hanging out with other people who had exited and talked about retiring. And so we decided to buy a vacation house, all the things that you should not do when you're a business owner who believes that you have a purpose and and who believes that you can actually impact the world. We did all the things that you shouldn't do when you're that type of person. And it was this kind of spiral for about a year until I stumbled upon Grant and Elena's content. And then I became a fan. I became a massive fan because I, I didn't have in my life at that point, a couple who was in business together that I could see us having a similar life to and and being able to create similar things. Like, and I felt so insecure at that point of just people always looking at me like, you know, I was my husband's, um, trophy wife, to be honest with you, is something that was a fear that really held me back, even though, you know, I knew I was smart. I was valedictorian in my high school. I got a full ride academic scholarship to a great school. Um, it just really like I was frozen at this point in my life and Grant and Elena were the catalyst for my belief in myself and me just like taking a swing at it. And so we were fans. We showed up to an event that they hosted with 25,000 people. And we met a lot of business owners that we knew that we could help inside their audience. Uh, and so when we met these business owners, we're like, wow, we could, we could add this new avenue of growth for this Cardone enterprise where we help business owners grow and scale their organizations. And so we pitched that to Grant and Elena. They said, great, let's give it a shot. That was three and a half years ago. So fast forward to today, we have over 200 employees in our organization and uh, are doing very well uh, helping these business owners across the world learn marketing and finance skills and operations. And my specialty is on the people development side, the hiring, the training, the sometimes firing side. Um, And so it's been quite a ride over the last three years, but I'm just, I feel indebted and so grateful and thankful to the Cardones for putting themselves out there on social media and 
like living into being examples for people. You know, what I love about them is that they are not afraid to communicate or to share their views. And in a world where like words are getting erased daily and people are scared to speak their minds, uh, I think it's wonderful. So talk to me about team building and did that come naturally to you? And how do you do that, you know, as a leader? It did not come naturally to me at all. Uh, So I've been working alongside my husband now for 10 years. And when I started with him, I was 20 years old. I had never led a team in my life, but I started working on this leadership development content. And that content transitioned into me being responsible for a team of human resources managers that were uh, helping small business owners implement human resources like material handbooks, uh, job descriptions into their businesses. And so I, I will never forget the first time that I had a meeting with people who were reporting to me. I was 23 years old and I had no idea how to run the meeting. I had read so many books about, you know, leadership and development and self-awareness and communication, but I'd never really found like a tactical guide for, Hey, when you're leading a meeting with, people who report to you, this is how you hold them accountable. And this is how you set expectations. And this is how you gain buy-in, but also are like firm in, in completing deadlines. And so I did it wrong for probably two or three years and made every managerial and leadership mistake that you could possibly make in that time, which you know, shorten the, the time frame for me to learn these things. And we've hired so many people since that um, I've become very good at spotting when somebody's going to work out with us and when somebody just isn't going to be a fit through, you know, certain things that people say in the interview process and really being honest about who we are. And I find that that's oftentimes the biggest challenge for business owners is they aren't willing to be clear about what their expectations are what their culture is like, what what they really want to have happen in their business. And so when a business owner is loose about these things, the team is going to come into the environment thinking that it's loose. And then when the business owner tries to pivot to say, oh no, I have this growth goal and I want to hit this target, all of a sudden the team is like, well, that's not what I signed up for. And there's some, in some cases, sabotage that takes place. In other cases, team members just leave and then you have to find a new person. And so this cycle is what gets business owners really caught in not being able to grow outside of their existing resources to then add new opportunities for revenue in their organizations. So I think the hardest part, most founders that I speak to, the hardest part is team, right? And the management and that it doesn't come naturally. I know I've had my failures in the past and struggled with, am I the therapy mom? Am I the like den mother? Am I the cold blooded leader? You know, and, and trying to navigate that is no easy feat. And so what have you found over the, you know, the last three years that is just tried and true that might be helpful to those listening? Yeah, I, I, I've definitely struggled with all of those same things. And I, I think people are lying to themselves when they, they don't think that they're struggling, or maybe they're just inexperienced and and haven't gone through all of those cycles. Because if, if you haven't experienced those things, you really aren't, you know, being introspective as a, as a leader and somebody who's really responsible for growing and ensuring that there's alignment with Um, your people to what your vision is. What helps me every single day is really three things. The first thing is really having clarity on why we're doing what we're doing. Because to be honest with you, seven out of 
well, maybe not seven, six out of seven days a week, I don't wake up thinking, man, like I'm so excited to just tackle the task for today. And I just like can hardly wait to do everything that I'm about to do. I wake up and I'm like, man, the alarm clock's going off a little early this morning and I have a bunch of emails and there's just stuff. But I remember that we're doing this because we're here to help business owners achieve their goals. Like that is our mission statement. That is why we introduce every single service, every single product. And so if the business owner doesn't have clarity in the why behind the business, the overwhelm of running a business and leading team members will just have somebody crumble or have them find themselves disengaged. And so one thing that I always think about and like put resources around me, meaning like the testimonials that we have from clients or people who send me a message saying, hey, because of this, I was able to take my kids to Disneyland for the first time. Like I really try to reinforce that. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing that, which allows me to be another, which allows me to be a better leader. And then the second piece of that is we're really clear on like where this organization is going over the next 10 years. So it's not like we just started this business and said, oh, it'd be nice to you know, have a $10 million revenue business. And if we could help a hundred people, that'd be great. Instead, we're like, no, we want to impact the lives of 1 million business owners. If we could do that, that would be living into our legacy. So, you know, there's a difference between why you do what you do, but it also like what pulls you forward to get to where you want to go. And so that vision for us, remembering like, man, we've only impacted a hundred thousand business owners so far. We're three and a half years into this thing, and we still we're only at the ten we're only at the ten yard line. We still have ninety yards to go. That reinvigorates the the leadership of like showing up and being present and being on for the team. And then the last piece of that is really being committed to. We have six core values, and I think again, a lot of business owners either do or don't implement core values, but core values are thought of as like this list of aspirational things and they're not really held accountable themselves to the core values. So for me, one of our core values is discipline and it's not just discipline in the work every day, but it's also discipline for me. And do I actually do the things that I tell myself I'm going to do? Do I, if I tell myself I'm going to wake up at five, do I actually do that? And so when I live into these things that I make a reality for our team. I'm more bought into showing up as a leader to the team and more okay with holding them accountable. Because if I know that I'm willing to put this in and they have goals and they've said that they're willing to do something, but they aren't actually willing to, then the conversation isn't emotional or isn't Natalie being dramatic and isn't me going, you know, like on some crazy rampage because I'm so frustrated. It's like, Hey, I, you said that you were going to do this. You didn't do this. That's unfortunate because I wanted you to be able to work out here. But if you're not able to fill your, fulfill your end of the bargain, and we know that we're doing this to help people, to help our business owners, and to also accomplish this massive target that we have together, then you're probably not the right fit. And that ability to remove the emotion from handling and managing and leading and working alongside other people is the greatest gift that I feel like a mission of strong vision statement and core values actually gives to you because it's not about you. It's about this thing that you're creating. And when you know that you're creating the right thing, when there's other people inside your environment who are living into that and their lives are changed through working inside your business. And I look at our team and I'm like, wow, I'm really proud of the people that we have here because they live into being disciplined. They live into being accountable. They live into results because it's not just the work that they're 
being impacted by. It's also like their families and their personal lives are improving for the better through being inside this environment, which tells me this is a really great environment and we need to just keep doing what we're doing. So I would love to tackle and, and, uh, I've asked a lot of my guests this, but, you know, with you mentoring, advising, supporting, you know, a hundred thousand businesses, how did you help them navigate through the pandemic? And and what was, what was that time period like for you guys? Cause again, not personally, but some businesses thrived, right? Some businesses got opportunities that would have taken five years, like in my case, us pivoting would have taken five years, not during a pandemic, but accelerated what we wanted. So, you know, it was a good thing for us um, as hard as it was. So I'm curious what you went through and, and how that, and how that impacted your companies. Yeah. At the time we had 12 employees and I think every business owner had this oh shit moment when the pandemic hit where you you really feel the weight of the responsibility, not just to your clients, but also to your team members. And I think that that was one of the most pivotal moments actually of my entire life, not just the work-related side, but all of a sudden you have this opportunity in front of you to no longer have excuses. I no longer had the excuse of, oh, I can't work out every day because I'm traveling and I have these meetings. Like, well, Natalie, you're home for an indefinite amount of time. If you can't figure out how to work out, if you can't figure out how to show up for your team, if you can't figure out how to write these processes, if you can't figure out all of these things that you put off during a time when you have nothing but time, then that's actually on you. It's not because of these circumstances that you've led yourself to believe are the things holding you back for years and years. And so I like put the foot, put my foot on the gas when the pandemic hit. And one of the things that we did that was really successful is I called every single one of our clients the the week of the shutdown. And because all of them are business owners, I called them and I asked them, what is it that we can do to serve you? Like what is wanted and needed from Cardone Ventures in this moment? What are those things? And then we devised a plan on how we could actually deliver on those things from our clients. So we would have three or four calls a day that were an hour long of just broadcasting information of what to do for sales, what to do for marketing, how those business owners could have creative ideas to pivot. And we became this resource to thousands and thousands of business owners during that time. And we didn't actually, we actually... I think lost two clients in the process, but every other client that had large contracts with us, not only two of them left out of over a thousand because we were just like in it with them and, and we're, we're really leading by example instead of just saying that they should do this, but then us hiding in a hole. So I think that that was, uh, for us, one of the it was a great thing that happened to our business. But for me personally, it really held me to a different level of accountability. And I know that some people handled it in a different way. Some people drank a lot of wine and had time with their families. And I remember that that was just like, I went in full opposite mode where, yeah, I just, um, I really leaned in and that what felt like an opportunity and it worked out very well for us. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, you know, lots of people experience challenges, failure, struggle. And it's like, you know, for a lot of people, it's how do I get back up and keep motivated? And I get this question a lot, like, well, how do you just, you just keep going? And the answer is yes. But I'm curious how you've made your mindset of the ability to keep growing, keep pushing. You know, you, you've already achieved what a lot of people listening think is the end all, right? The great sale, money, don't need to work. You know, so for you, how do you keep what what makes you motivated? And when it does get hard, what gives you that like, oh, I'm just I don't need this today. I'm gonna go take in the sun. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an interesting question. I I really think I I channel two things, and both are very useful for me to find motivation. One, I think of all the people who have told me no or said that I couldn't do something. Like, there's not a list of a hundred people like that, but there's definitely a list of ten who, um, like, it motivates me to think about. Man, this person would think in this moment that you would quit. So, because they would think I would do that, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's really I, I can really use and convert that type of hatred or um, you know negativity that's been throughout experiences I've had in my life. But then sometimes I don't like coming, oftentimes I don't like coming at it from a negative angle. So I really think with, man, what is my potential on this planet? Like, what could I do if I didn't in this moment succumb to what I feel like doing? And when I think about, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping young women find their voice, find the strength that they need to figure out what inspires them and how they can make more money and how they can have financial freedom and how they can build confidence. And so I think about these like mini Natalie's all over the planet that I could impact, or I then think about, man, what if I wasn't able to impact them? And they just thought for the rest of their lives that they couldn't become more because I wasn't willing to overcome the fact that I want to sit and watch 
you know, selling Sunset um, instead of going and recording a podcast or instead of going and um, speaking at an event. Uh, and so both of those, I really use like the negative and the positive, depending on what the thing is that I don't want to do to motivate me to say like, man, how can I, how can I channel this to forget the excuse that I have and the preference that I have, which is most of the time, like 95% of the time, I don't want to do the thing. Yeah. I think it's the not wanting to do the thing that is the hardest for me sometimes to wrap my head around. But you do so many things. So how do you do it? Um, that's a really good question. How do I do it? (laughs) (laughs) I think that, well, let's just say this. I'm a week away from having a baby. So my headspace right now is not really wanting to do anything, but just have this child. And my headspace is of, of like no ambition at the moment. But I also think that that's a natural for where I'm at, at this, you know, having it be my fourth. So if I go back and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's like a, it's, it's always when you achieve that thing that you didn't think you could, you know, that reward of that feeling of having accomplished it is sort of my fuel or the taking on of a challenge that I didn't think was possible and seeing the outcome. Those are the things that sort of get me over the hump of not wanting to do anything. But right now the hump that I'm facing is, is (laughs) is <laughs> just have the baby already and call it a day. Well, so. You're literally growing a human inside <laughs> you. So it's not like you're doing nothing. You, What your body is going through right now is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So pre-meeting um, your husband and, you know, going on the path with Grant and Elena, what were you doing? And, and, you know, where, where did you think your path was going to lead you? Yeah. So I started college. I had no option with my parents, but to go to college, both of my parents are doctors and it was the expectation to not only go to college, but also to go to some additional schooling to get some sort of degree. And I was 20 years old. I started Uh, as I mentioned, I had a full ride academic scholarship to college. I was studying economics. Uh, I was top of my class and I started working as an intern with inside my husband's now husband's business. And so at the time I had read business books, like one of my favorite books that I picked up when I was 12 years old at Barnes and Nobles was called the Starbucks experience. And it always fascinated me just the level of detail that businesses go into in order to create these experiences for customers. And from a young age, I've been fascinated by business. Um, but that internship opportunity really changed the trajectory of my life because my husband, my then well, boss. uh, Well, he wasn't my boss then. I was working under uh, his uh, executive assistant and her husband got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And when he got diagnosed with terminal cancer and he only had three months to live, she had to leave work immediately that day. And there was nobody else to really to do the work that she was doing. And so I just like picked it up. And uh, from there, you know, just, I had a lot of insecurity because I was really, I was really smart and I was really excited about what my career could look like. And yet here I start interning at this organization. I fall in love with 
essentially my boss, which just sounds so wild. It sounds like something out of a sitcom, but just so like not, not what I actually thought my life would look like. And my husband is older than me. So there were all of these things where I was like, man, I don't know that I can actually have this relationship. I don't know that I want to forever be looked at as the person that's just like in the business, but isn't really in the business when I know what my real contribution is. And so I fought this for probably three or four years in, in the process became just like a shell of myself while I was still learning all of these things and growing these businesses. But I just was really having these like internal debates with myself and really thinking negatively. I couldn't publicly speak back then to save my life because I was so worried about what people would think of me. And that's where the relationship with Grant and Elena has been so impactful because I, during that time, was learning the operational and the financial and the the marketing skills that I needed in this like kind of slow, quiet, self-doubting process. And then all of a sudden we meet them and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let this, let this fear of what people think actually be the thing that holds me back, uh, which has worked out pretty well. And it's still something that I obviously work through. It's not like you stop having all self-doubt for the rest of your life, but it's not something that I think about on a daily basis and really that I feel like actually holds me back from opportunities because I know how to manage it and really had to learn through that. I sometimes like to liken it to a muscle, you know, like the more you, you strengthen it, the stronger it gets or the more, less you pay attention to it, the weaker it gets, at least in, in that mindset. I don't know if that's been helpful for you at all. I love that. Yeah, no, it's so true. Because once you once the muscle is strong, you're good, right? You're like, okay, I can do this push up, or I can do all of these sit ups. But if you if the muscle is an atrophy and you don't actually practice going in front of people and sharing what you think, like that's the most terrifying thing for so many people is just to actually take a stance and be willing to have half the room not agree with you. And the other half agree with you. And so, as you mentioned earlier, there's like this watered down society because nobody really wants to be the person that says, this is what I think. And this is why I think it. And I don't really care that anybody disagrees or agrees with me because this is, this is what I know to be true. And therefore this is my truth. Uh, and to your point with the muscle, what, as you practice that you become more confident in your beliefs, but also willing to listen to other people because you want to be the you want to be on the right side. You don't want to just have opinions for the sake of having opinions, and therefore you just become stronger. Totally, I love that. So for most people, and I feel like it's in society, it's like a, a I don't want to say sickness, but in society, you know, it's like you shouldn't brag about your success or you should hide your wealth or it's not fair because someone else didn't get it. So you should keep it quiet. And then it makes it, I think it hard for the people that are working hard and working strategically. Cause there's a lot of people that work hard that let's just say a teacher works hard, but is never going to, you know, become a millionaire. You know, there are people that are, that if they don't have it, you can't have it. And I'm curious because everyone I've met from Grant to Elena, to you, to your husband, like is, is bucking that be quiet, you know, shrink mentality. And I feel like the more people that don't shrink and that do show that they're thriving and there's obviously a difference in bragging and in celebrating, but how do you manage that and encourage your business owners to not be quiet and shrink and, 
and to show like, yes, I was strategic. I worked hard. I picked the right industry. This is what I got from it. And this is how I'm being successful. Yeah. I, I think that this is so relevant in across business owners, but especially I've gone on this rampage over the past few weeks around women business owners who do these amazing things and have this wealth like and you can watch it through social media you can you can see that there's that there's money there and yet they aren't really willing to share what those things are that they do inside their businesses or what it really looks like in order to create those things and i just believe that man if you have something inside you or you're like man it would be amazing to be able to take a trip around the world on a jet and go to all of the Four Seasons hotels. There's like a real trip out there called Around the World and Four Seasons sponsors it. I think it's like seventy-five dollars or $100,000 per uh, attendee of this uh, trip. So that would be two of you going on a trip if you're married. If you have like any inkling when you watch somebody do something like that, you're like, man, I would like to do that. There's nothing wrong with you wanting to be able to have that experience. There's nothing wrong with you when you're driving down a street and maybe it's the nicer street in your city and and you see uh, a $200,000 car, there's nothing wrong with saying, man, that person can have it. Why can't I figure out what I would need to contribute to this world in order to be compensated to be able to have that? Because if somebody else can, I can too. And so I really try to remove for people the barrier and the shame around seeing something and saying, man, I would really like to have that. And I don't see why if somebody else can, I can't. But if you don't have that desire, then that's okay too. But for those people that do see these things and want these experiences and want to be able to create these experiences for other people in their lives, because it's not just about you having a nice car or you being able to take trips. Like what could what could happen in the world if you have a great product and a great service and you're able to fund a charity and give them a million dollars because of your great product and your great service being in the hands of more people instead of less people. Like it really, it, it business boils down to that in its most simple form. So if I know that somebody is ethical in the way that they do business and they have the capacity or the potential to be able to achieve more and to help more people through the business, that would then allow them to have the financial resources to not just buy things for themselves and, you know, the fancy, shiny things, but also to make a real impact on the, on the world, it's their obligation. Like it, it becomes an ethical obligation that they have to deliver on those products and services and become the person that is leading a business like that so that they are able to impact the world in these other areas. And I just, I, I really try to urge this, especially with female business owners, that it, there is nothing wrong with you having nice things. There is nothing wrong with you doing the work to create these nice things. There's nothing wrong with you struggling to figure out what the balance is. This is just all part of this game called life. And if you have these desires, you should go for them. But I also try not to make people wrong if they're not really interested in doing those things. However, there is, you know, the, the occasional time where I do believe that somebody has so much potential and they're just choosing the lazy route. Because if you do have a good product or service and you're just choosing to be a bespoke business and to be small because you only want to to service a handful of clients. I kind of want to slap people in the face and say, well, what about 
the impact that you could make if you didn't just choose to have this philosophy about being bespoke. Like you're making that active decision to say, I'm not really concerned with making a bigger impact because I'm just going to choose to be small. And when you start asking people about their ability to financially help their families or to be able to make an impact on their community, much less at a state level or a national level, like there are so many things that are jacked up across this world. There's so much hardship that takes place for people to that are ethical people that make good products and services for them to just say like, oh, so somebody else gets to deal with that because they choose to stay small. It's I feel like it's my calling and it's my job to be like, wait a second. Why are you making this choice? Because you could actually change the world if you would just get out of your own way. Hallelujah. I love that. <laughs> I love that mindset and that mentality. Um, so you mentioned you wrote a book and I'm assuming a lot of this mindset and these beliefs are in your book. Uh, would you mind sharing with everybody where to get the book and what it's called? My book is called Teamwork, How to Build a High Performance Team. And it really goes through all of the elements that it takes to attract and interview and onboard and develop and promote, and in some cases, fire team members so that you can build a truly extraordinary team that helps push your business and your mission forward. So I would love to offer this book free of charge to your listeners. You can go to cardoneventures.com forward slash teamwork and get a free copy straight from there. Oh, that's amazing. I thought you were giving me one, but damn. Okay. <laughs> and where can people follow you, find you? And also, you know, my, my understanding of Cardone was real estate, but clearly um, I have a limited view. So if you want to share with what types of business owners are supported by you guys, that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I am very active on Instagram and TikTok. Unfortunately, my name is different in both, which is so silly, but my uh, Instagram is at Natalie Workman. And then my TikTok is the Natalie Dawson because I got married and had to change my last name. Um, and then the types of businesses that we work with, I mean, we work with HVAC business owners, we work with IT service providers, we work with coaches and dentists, and anybody who has a business, we're, we're really targeting anybody who has a, a million dollars or more in, in annual revenue, because the pre-revenue, although we can help with mindset, our, our business really isn't focused on what it takes to get to what we call the first breakpoint. It's really once somebody has an established product and service, from there, how do we scale that from 1 million to 10 million or 1 million to 100 million? I love it. So if you are listening and you are a million plus and you need support, you know where to find her and him. Come find me. We <laughs> would love to help. This is That's part of our mission is to be able to help. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing everything with me today. And thank you for being such a great light showing prosperity, success, and uh, helping so many women. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. You are one of the the light and the success stories that I look up to and really appreciate what you do in order to, to impact the world. If only you could see what I look like right now, you'd maybe change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff. 
at RM Superwomen. And be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again. And you will hear from me next week.